Welcome to Radio 5G, where we sort fact from fiction, conspiracy from falsehood, reality from the unknown. And by doing so, we change the collective consciousness of humanity. A production of CosmicReality.com And welcome to Radio 5G. Uh, this is a pre-recorded presentation, and I'm looking at the calendar right now. We're recording on the 27th, and it'll play on Wednesday, which is the 30th already. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is Mark Joseph. And today we have Yasmin West and her husband, Bob. And these guys have been with us for... Uh, many, many say what shows, and Yasmin's been with us on a number of Shungite show in particular. Um, what I'm going to do is is ask you a question, uh, Yasmin, because I was thinking about it. It's like you 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 have so much insight into so many things, but you also you're an accountant, a professional accountant, but you also have the Reiki. Reiki ReikiAccountant.com. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Why don't you just tell our people a little bit about how you are seeing emerging of Reiki with the accounting. And I want you to do that because you're on a show you haven't been on before. And we do have a slightly different audience here. So just so that they can get a feel for you. Can can you do that? You feel comfortable? Yeah, of course. Um, so, you know, a I've always been kind of um, both a right brain and a left brain kind of person. And um, that was ever since my childhood. I mean, I, I was always, I, I was kind of shy and sensitive growing up, but then I also had this very logical side. And um, so I found, you know, as I was trying to figure out my way in life and you know what I wanted to do for a living you know I did a lot of um, I did a lot of painting and artwork when I was in high school but um, I also had um, kind of a attraction towards numbers and um, some early childhood experiences that kind of had a big effect on me um, I got an interest in accounting because um, my grandmother, who had some financial trouble, she actually didn't um, she didn't understand finances very well, and we ended up losing um, the house I grew up in. So, you know, as I was growing up, that impacted me quite a bit, and so I wanted to learn everything I could about accounting so I could prevent that from happening. Um, and just be knowledgeable of my finances so I could take control of them. But then there was always this other side of me where I, I couldn't be one of those pure left brain people that just thought about numbers all day. I had to have some sort of a creative outlet as well. And so I, I did painting and drawing and I did quite a bit of photography as well. And that's when, um, I met Bob, we were both doing quite a bit of photography. And um, I also, my personal belief system 
of how I viewed God and the creator um, never really aligned with anything coming out of a traditional church. And I was very fortunate that my mom and my grandmother who raised me gave me the freedom to just believe what I wanted to believe. So I, they never forced me to go to a church or believe a certain thing. So I kind of just explored <laughs> the metaphysical world um, when I was a teenager. And then when I was going to school and working in accounting, um, that kind of dropped to the wayside because I was super busy with my accounting stuff. But then I, I came back to it and um, started learning more, taking classes. And then it was um, before 2020 hit, um, I just through some synchronicities, I, I just kept, you know, getting people approaching me, telling me, oh, you should do Reiki, you should, you know, and this was something I had never actively pursued before it actually kind of um it actually kind of shunned it because something internal inside of me just I, I felt it wasn't the right time for me so um it's not something I was ever attracted to do but all of a sudden I I couldn't say no to it it just kept presenting itself in my life so that's when I decided to pursue Reiki training. And I will say it, for me, it, it really leveled me up. It changed who I was and um, how I viewed things and made me very calm. Um, and, and it's a, you know, we never stop growing, right? But um, I, I really don't think I would have come out of the pandemic as unscathed as I had, had I not received my Reiki training. It was very pivotal and, um, and just keeping me calm, relaxed, and kind of focusing on the big picture and not getting too wrapped up in all the minutia that was going on and um, the craziness. So. That is kind of how I got started. So that's my background. And so now I, I'm kind of on a healing journey. Um, you know, I, I use frequencies uh, combined with the scalar, the rife, um, with the Reiki, and just kind of being open to whatever healing modalities will uh, be presented to me um, and I just kind of let the universe guide me that way and if there's something I need to learn or know about I trust that I will be guided down that path and so new things come up from time to time and I I learn new techniques um, I have you know interesting experiences with the clients that I work with and that has been very helpful in just completely expanding my mind as to what I believed was possible. And um, I, I really don't think anything is um, out of the realm of possibility anymore. I mean, it's, uh, you start to see more and more 
outlandish miracles, quote unquote miracles happen and just it starts blowing your mind and you're like, well, <laughs> you know, more important than anything else in life is our belief system around something. And, um, you know, if we believe something to be true, it's it's going to sort of bend the reality that we find ourselves in to make it true because the universe's job is to present evidence to you and you're in the form of physical manifestations in your life um, based on what you believe and so that is a message that i'd really like to get across to everyone that you know it's very important especially now what you believe and we can get into a little bit more about that and because i I feel it's it's really a technology within our own bodies, um, and this is a technology show, so um, it's just something else we need to learn. So, thank you. So essentially, you're dealing with people about money, which can be very very difficult, but you're bringing in the wisdom of energy healing, and correct. Yeah. 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 And, you know, from people can get very uptight about money. Um, you know, there's, you know, especially if you're working with couples, you know, sometimes, you know, one couple has a mountain of debt that they don't want to tell their spouse about. And so it can be kind of a tense situation. But if you approach it from, the aspect of you know hey you know let's let's not point the finger um let's not say you know we're not worried about how you got into this situation we just i mean obviously if there's root causes from your energy levels or you know thought patterns or belief patterns surrounding money you do want to address that but at the end of the day, you just want to fix the problem and move on. And let's not blame someone else. Let's just address it and take care of it so you can move on and live a productive life and not have to worry so much about money. And then you met Bob. <laughs> or when did you meet Bob? How long have you guys been together? Uh, so we met in 2001. And we got married in 2003, so um, over 22 years ago. Wow. <laughs> Hi, Bob. Are you there? Oh, I'm here. Good to hear your voice again. Thank you. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. Okay, so let's bring Mark in here. Mark, um, you want to come in? You, you, you and it, well, it was Mark that... Uh, I guess you found each other in the chat room of Cosmic Reality. But it was Mark that brought Yasmin here. And then Bob, well, Yasmin kind of brought Bob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we've had so much fun over the years uh, just talking about reality. So, But Mark was the one that started it. So, Mark, you want to jump in here and, um, you know, get involved in the conversation? Where do you want to go? Yeah, as far as the... <clears throat> theme of the radio show so 
uh, my big thing's always been EMF and encountering that. And um, just seeing in, 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 you know, the Shungite reality show, cosmic reality in terms of advanced um, energy devices and how to counter this thing from a frequency, uh, what do you call it, um, what, uh, waveform. And, and I didn't know anything about, um, what do you call it, uh, changing the spin other than through biogeometry over the years. And then there was a more elegant way, which is Shungai, and then the, the devices that Derek and Walt and you have made. So uh, Yasmin was also in the fold of that. And knowing that, um, you know, the Walt's devices were, were um, advancing. And so in terms of synchronicity and coincidence, then, uh, and then just intuition where, okay, who are the most... Um, uh, I guess optimal people in terms of they can take this next level. So with with the um, Cloudbuster, Shanghai Cloudbuster, the Eagle, and the different devices that um, Cosmic Reality has made, it it uh, came to our, um, our backyard here in Northern California as far as what we could do to um, counter the different kinds of invisible war weaponry, let's say, and. Um, yeah, so in your archives in cosmicreality.net shows the um, history as far as um, the last several years of the fires and how to combat that using consciousness and um, the shamanic realms of uh, Shungite, let's say. And, and and so in preparing for this show, I like the idea of consciousness technology that's um, an ancient art <clears throat> and how everyone here has been using it. Uh, in its different modalities and forms. So um, I think that's a good uh, foundation for the show here that you have the inorganic artificial um, external technologies and you have the endogenous ones where it's a matter of taking steps. So you have things like law of attraction and the secret, but based on, at least for me, the um, examples are like quantum touch, matrix energetics, power of eight, Lynn McTaggart, it's just projection of your heart energy with intention, and that pretty much does it. Um, seems too simple, but it's something to try out. Quantum touch is kind of the more elegant, straightforward way. They could just buy the book, apply it, and then you get results within minutes, let's say. Um, and I think that was a uh, for pre-show we were talking about the countless ways that this has been applied through, um, you know, the last three years, and then the weeks and months to come. So I'll, I'll bring it back to, take it back to uh, Yasmin and Bob as far as the, where they want to take that and um, the things happening next week. So back to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, can certainly expand on that with some examples that, um, you know, people who aren't familiar with what we've been doing, you know, you know, they went, well, that's crazy. How can that work? But it does. But, you know, as you said, Mark, you know, it it is simple. It, it's very simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> um, so, you know, as I'm fond of saying, uh, manifestation is not a spectator sport. Um, you need to get involved and practice it because what you'll find is, you know, the concept of it, yes, it's very simple. Um, but it, uh, things come up, things get in the way, 
um, doubts, uh, ego, all, all these things come up and, um, you know, other people that, you know, tell you you're crazy for doing something, <laughs> you know, it, it all, um, is part of that learning process on how to make this work. But once it starts to click together and you actually acknowledge that, yes, you made a difference, you did in fact cause this to happen um, through whatever tools were at your disposal, um, it starts to grow more powerful and um, you can do, I think, amazing things. And, you know, within seconds, um, it doesn't, and you don't necessarily need to be in this uh, holier than thou meditative state. Um, I, I can go into it a little bit later, but um, during the Paradise Fire, I, I certainly was not in a calm state, but um, I, I was able to protect my mom's home from burning down and um, also guide her to safety because um, she didn't know where to go. <laughs> and uh, somehow through synchronicities and just uh, running into the right people at the right time, she got out of there safely. So um, one of the examples, um, actually a couple of them, I'll, I'll let Bob speak to and give him some airtime. <laughs> he, he can talk about um, <clears throat> how he manifested getting out of a speeding ticket and how he gets yeah. free food at work okay. all the time. <laughs> So, so before we get there, because I, I was trying to follow her and she's got this wonderful accounting note page on it going, and I have no idea where we are. And I'm like, why are you even handing me this thing? Because we're so far off script. But um, I wanted to talk about a toolbox for a moment. So a little bit of background on me. At a very young age, I was involved in the theater world because of my dad. And so the curtain in The Wizard of Oz where the wizard was hiding uh, was exposed to me at like six. So it kind of ruined a lot of things. But it taught me my whole life that what you see is not necessarily what's going on. And then my love of Sherlock Holmes said, oh, well, the simplest answer is always the real answer. And then my ability of working construction and being on the water and maritime and, and being an officer and in charge of a crew taught me that whatever's happening at that moment to your men is more important than what's happening in your world. And by the time I met Yasmin, who brought me kind of into the Reiki, the Reiki world, and I had been through religious institutions and such, and I realized that I had no religion whatsoever, but I was incredibly spiritual, but had no outlet. I had this industrial kind of mechanical toolbox. But now I realized I had this spiritual toolbox and I couldn't make the two work together. It was like, uh, it's horrifying. It was they just rubbed against each other. And so the kind of the Star Wars lazy surfer dude thing kind of developed in me, even though I was doing all these really important jobs with a lot of safety and being in charge of a lot of people and watching a lot of equipment and using a lot of industrial equipment and being really high up in the air. At the same time, I was kind of like all laid back going, look, as long as everybody's breathing, things are OK. And so I changed my toolbox. I learned to use like Yasmin, her accounting toolbox, and my industrial toolbox, but I learned to use this kind of spiritual toolbox. And that kind of gave me the way to surf occasionally through the universe and 
manifest things and get out of things or just watch things kind of unfold. And she mentioned the speeding ticket, and I didn't realize I was going to do an example, but um, my favorite uh, can't believe I'm here story, and I think Nancy's heard it, was when the garage door flew off the truck in front of me as I was driving down the highway at about 60 miles an hour with about three car lengths between us. And the only thing that went through my mind was, okay, it's been a fun ride, but it's over now, right? And somehow in the smoothness of just kind of letting everything happen on its own without me hitting the brakes, hitting the gas, doing anything, realizing that the universe was going to make it work, the garage door flattened and I drive, drove right over the top of it. I just kept right on going. And of course, I pulled over to make sure the guy was okay. And he was like, you're alive and your truck's okay. And I'm like, yeah, we better get this garage door off the highway and put it back on your truck, don't you think? And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. So that's what we did. And we both went on our merry way. But the 999,000 other alternatives of that event <laughs> would have been much worse if I had done anything else. So using the force, the toolbox, the candle guides, the hours of meditation, whatever it might be, um, you don't turn it down if it's in there. You just may not use it that day to complete that task. And that brings us to Yasmin's point earlier was the, we get this great toolbox. And remember, we've been floating around this universe and this planet for a long time, a lot longer than the Internet, a lot longer than radio, a lot longer than fire. And um, we've learned a lot of things. And, and now it seems like we've bombarded ourselves with a lot of technology and we can just unlearn it all and have problems dealing with it. So why would you take a tool out of your toolbox that has no weight? It takes up no space. Um, it, it is available for you at any time, and it's as strong as you want it to be or as useless as you care it to be. So. I want you to tell the speeding ticket story, because well, that's okay, fun. Which speeding ticket? The one where... Um, the, <laughs> Sorry, the, folks. That <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you were speeding, and a cop pulled in behind you, and he was clocking you, and probably was going to give you a ticket. But then you thought in your head, what I need right now is a distraction. I'm not remembering which story you're talking about. And she then, has to go a little bit a deeper. Motor, so. And a motorcycle came speeding by at that very moment. <laughs> moment took, yeah, he took the cop with him. Okay, yes, that is true. I was on the highway. I did pull one of those where I said, this is really going to be bad because I was definitely going over. I believe I was on Highway 80. I said, I really need, I really need somebody to get me out of this one because I really deserve it. And then this motorcycle went screaming by us as I was slowing down and pulling to the right. And so he just pulled out and took off. Um, I've had some other instances with the police where they've been a little bit dicey. So I've gotten pretty lucky with them. But but yeah, I did get out of a ticket that way. Now, the pizza at work is a much better deal. Um, there's probably been maybe five or six occasions at my new job where I've been looking at my Swanson's dinner lunch that I have in my little box there going, I do not want this. What I really need is a slice of pizza. And somehow magically we have a meeting and we have pizza. Or the other day I was walking through a door and a pizza delivery driver showed up 
and I was not again not looking forward to my lunch and I knew I had pizza at home so I was definitely thinking about the pizza at home going my lunch is really going to be horrible and then I smelled this all meat combo going by me and the guy getting the pizza it was just one guy at work looked at me and he goes want a couple slices I'm like oh yeah absolutely um so I'm, I'm pretty good at getting the, the food at work and it, it kind of helps that they really like me but yeah we uh we get some pretty abundant pizza we've had some pretty good manifestations our rain situation thanks to the eagle um has been a uh it's been a godsend i do believe that i think that i think that people forget that weather is a lot more complicated we've complicated it by putting buildings in the way but you know we have these valleys that, that run our winds and stuff and we have our planets that affect our gravity and our water content we have humidity and we have all these things and then we get involved and we screw it up so i think somehow trying to balance it out a little bit and kind of keep it in everybody's favor um, as much as we can and why not try to intend to do that uh, seems to be working for me and, and we're Mark, we're incredibly grateful to have the eagle in our backyard. And I, I got to tell you, it is fun. Last thing for me. Um, we've had people come by who don't know us really well, and they've been in our backyard, and they go, oh, this is really cool. What's that? And we'll say, well, that's a weather-altering device, and we're working with it. And they'll just kind of carry on the conversation as if nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> because there's like no way we're doing that in Lincoln, California, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, going back, I don't know if we want to talk a little bit more about the Eagle since we don't talk about that much on 5G. Um, but uh, just going back to placing that intention of putting balance between the earth and the sky and um, making things right. Um, and, you know, using the Ho'oponopono resonator to accomplish that intention as well. And um, I don't know if Mark or Nancy, you want to uh, expand a little bit on Walt's devices and um, how we utilize those as well. Yeah, we need to do that because we haven't probably talked about it too much on this show, as you, as you said. Um, uh, the eagle is the name given to uh, the late. Well, he, he keeps improving on it, but a version. Well, it's, it's it's sort of like over the years, Walt has worked with these devices. It's based on um, Rife's concept that if you use organ to make a connection between the earth and the sky, nature kicks in again because the pattern of weather is dependent on what's needed by the earth in the true natural balanced environment of this biosphere but with all the electromagnetic energies that are surrounding the earth and the fact that we've built buildings and and limited this ability to connect um it's all been screwed up and yes there's weather modification by humans in in the mix too but this is such a, like I say, over the years, <clears throat> it's been improved by Walt. And so when I got the the most recent one, and the reason that he went with this one was that I live in an area that floods out continually. 
Well, I won't say that, not continually, but <clears throat> you always have the threat because of the way the land, I'm the lowest spot in the area. So I had had a situation where I had three floods in five weeks, and by a flood, I mean that the water actually got inside the house. Now, the house is waterproof for up to like three and a half feet. So it, it's just a matter of cleaning up. But I mean, it's like everything has to stop and you lose days. And, you know, I just it was so irritating to have it happen three times in five weeks. So I said to him, I said, OK, I, I'm I I need to at least try the Cloudbuster. So send me a Cloudbuster and I paid for it. I paid him for the materials. God bless him. He didn't charge me for for building it. But um when he sent it, I had no real concept of what I was getting. And the UPS people, were, he, he put my address instead of Sandy's address uh, because the Sandy's address, I would have probably gotten it, but my road was being all dug up. Well, he didn't know that. So UPS refused to deliver it to my house. And I had to go across town to pick it up. Well, thank God I... I took this guy that had a truck and he also had one of those, you know, carry things, uh, trolley things where you pull something heavy. And because this thing was in two pieces, the base of it, which I don't know, probably was at least 35, 40 pounds there. And that base is a, a combination of coils and minerals and shungite all in resin and out of the top of it are in my case eight copper pipes that are sticking out of the top of it the other package were the were long pipes like four feet long that you just slide over the ones that are in the base and boom you've got yourself what Rife referred to as a as a um a cloud buster so and Rife was a scientist in the 50s that just, you know, it's too long a story there, but amazing man. So what happened was that it took so long to get here that when I when it got here, I just messaged him and I said, the eagle has landed. So these particular ones that we're talking about are all in the eagle class. And that's because he added something that is not in any, any anybody's anywhere, anytime. It's a it's a special kind of a mineral thing that is based on talc powder, actually. But so it's it's a supercharged, unbelievable device. And over, well, how, how long ago is that? At least three years, I think, that I've had it because time goes so fast. But over the years, we've had many, many examples of storms coming into this area that go around my property. You know, yes, I have had a couple of floods, but they were weird things. Like, w one of them, I'm going like, how could this possibly be failing? I was so irritated. And then I kind of didn't think about the eagle. I was just so irritated. But when I walked by the eagle to go vacate the property next door, I saw that there was a fern that had grown a leaf that was covering the top of the cloudbuster and touching it and so I'm like oh wow because what happened was that that leaf 
actually interrupted the signal. And so instead of going to the sky, the signal was grounding out, following the leaf. So I cut the leaf, and so it's not on there anymore. And um, all the storms that were forecasted to continually to come in, they just, once I got that cleared, then those storms didn't hit me. Had they, I would have been in, in, you know, a lot more severe flood. But you get those kind of examples. So Mark bought one from, from Walt, and then he realized that he couldn't put it in his house because you need to have a clear shot to the sky. So that's when he started saying, well, who, who might want to work with this? And that's when he found, you know, Bob and, and Yasmin. And so since then, they've been working with it. And how does it work? Well, it works through a very scientific concept of mineralogy. Um, it's, a, it's just the way nature is. It's just, you know, essentially giving nature a new pathway to be able to communicate with the earth and the sky. And the, but the key to it is, and I think, you know, a lot has to do with the Shungite in it, is that you can program it to do things other than what it was built to do. And right now, is there six or seven now, I think, around the world? In, in England, in Massachusetts, in Minnesota, and I mean, in someplace else. Is yeah, there, I think it's six, maybe. It's at least six. I think he's yeah. got some. Oh, yeah, one in, one went up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you, it's one thing you, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's one thing I, unfortunately, I can't talk about at work with the guy who says, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm trying to affect weather on a global scale. You should check out my backyard. Um, <clears throat> I don't think they'd find that funny. You know, I think they might find it confusing, whereas on a show like this, we understand that, you know, we've, the environment was a certain way before we uh, industrialized it. And then since then we've changed it a little bit and we've probably thrown it out of balance and our everyday lives are very similar to that. You know, we talk about baseball players and athletes that take off their shoes and socks whenever they play on natural grass and they walk a couple of laps on that grass field because they don't often get to feel that. And so I actually read this story on that I thought it was really interesting because it reminds me kind of of the Eagle and it was the athletes were saying, well, we felt grounded. Um, it, it gave us kind of a, a way to feel better. And they looked back at the statistics of baseball players over a five year period that have been doing this. And they found out that those baseball players have been doing this were on the winning team, like 75% of the time. So for you, for those of you who gamble, play, you know, on baseball, stuff like that, something to consider. Well, the Eagle is the same way. So what you're doing is you're looking at your environment and you're discussing basically with it, with its intention, with your frequency, with its built in frequency to alter a hair bit of frequency around you in the hopes that your weather situation won't decimate millions, but might feed the hungry, which is what happened here in California. We went through four years of serious drought, we're supposed to do that. We're not supposed to go through hundreds of years of serious drought, so we don't want to see that. And last year, Yasmin and I were working with our Eagle and we said, what we'd really like to see is full reservoirs. We don't want anybody hurt, but we'd really like to see full reservoirs. And if you'd said that to somebody last summer when it was horrifying out here, 
um, and then told them what this year was going to be like. They were skiing. They were skiing in Lake Tahoe less than a month ago. <laughs> it's August. And they were skiing. They were telling the kids working at one of the resorts, I think it's Kirkwood, you're not going to your summer job. And this was in May. You're not, you're not leaving like you normally would. We need you all year. Can you stay? Uh, if that's the Eagles' fault, great. <laughs> well, yeah, we were in a serious situation with the water. Um, uh, our our largest reservoirs, uh, specifically Mount Shasta, was. Um, it, right. well, it was is, it was almost dry. So this is a technology show, right, Yasmin? Yeah. So Mark, I don't know if you remember this, but. Um, my real job in the universe is to work for city government. And uh, for your listeners at home, what I get to do every day is make up to 38 million gallons of fresh water for you to drink. So if you live in a, in a city, uh, we have a plant and a system and we put water in it. And we draw our water from natural water supplies or from wells in the state of emergency. Last year, we didn't have wells for that. So let your mind just kind of rest on that. This is cities, hundreds of thousands of people, millions next door, and the lakes were dry, the rivers were dry, the wells were going to be dry if it hadn't rained like it did at the end of October, beginning of November last year. Um, it would have been really bad. And that that was the time that you don't normally get rain, correct? Correct. Correct. Absolutely. 100%. So I was, I had actually just gotten hurt at work. So I wasn't even at work, but I was able to I get reports to get monitor it. And I was at home kind of watching it all happen. When I got back, I really got the full story. And I was like, uh oh. You know, so imagine how we all feel right now. You know, lakes up, plenty of water, everything's pretty good. Yeah, okay, so what about next year? What about the year after that? So, you know, we talked about tools, tools in the toolbox. Yeah, um, well, we just recently had, we were threatened, well, not <clears throat> us, but Southern California was recently threatened with a Category 4 hurricane, which Bob yeah. and I just turned, when we heard that on the news, we just <laughs> looked at each other and we're like, no way, California yeah. doesn't get those. <laughs> yeah, like, it, what, what's funny is California's gotten those. Um, normally, we don't get anything called hurricanes. Actually, from a meteorological standpoint, uh, we normally get what they call tropical storms. Um, tropical storms don't turn into hurricanes. They turn into monsoons, monsoon rains, and then into serious hurricanes. Those uh, that you see in the South Pacific, uh, those are horrifying. Um, but when something does come into Southern California, it's usually what they call a rain event. It's usually going to bring a lot of water. Well, and everybody goes, well, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is that uh, Southern California is dry most of the time. So when you take a bucket of water and you throw it in the soil around San Francisco, the soil absorbs that water in a couple of minutes. So absorption rate, when you take that same bucket of water and you throw it on dirt in L.A., it's there three hours later. So what are you going to do if a, if a half an inch per acre comes down in an hour in L.A. as opposed to a half an inch an acre comes down in South San Francisco? Well, 
that's got nowhere to go, wants to stay there, <laughs> and the equipment that you would have used to pump it out, you last tested six years ago when it rained. <laughs> right? Yeah, so they got some flooding, but, you know, as soon as we heard that, I mean, I, I don't know if you were also doing it, but I was working with the Eagle, and within yeah, a few hours, it got right. downgraded to a tropical storm. Yeah, so. I saw it coming in. I've been boating out there. It's nasty. <laughs> I want it. Yeah. Well, so, I, I, I I thought about, you know, helping you out, and I said, I got the message, no, they don't need any help. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because the, the one of the beauties of nature is that when you when you build these things they also connect to each other energetically especially because they're coming from the same person walt silva so you have an energetic connection between all of the various cloudbusters out there and you know we do and there's been occasions where we have um actually connected all of them through intention because even the people that own them don't necessarily own them <laughs> you know we're just uh, caretakers of devices to help Gaia, you know, the creator consciousness of this biosphere, to make things right. And when uh, Yasmin mentioned the uh, Haponopono resonator, the resonator is another device that Walt makes that is, again, based on coils that move organ energy. And organ energy is the energy that really makes everything in live. I mean, it's your, it's chi. It's all of the ancient breathing techniques are working with organ, not oxygen. And uh, so when you're when he makes these devices, he's following other scientists. It's not like he did this out of nothing. He's been learning what they did and then making it better. And so I don't know of anybody else that's got the devices that he's got, especially with the, you know, the energies that we've been been gifted with. And so that's the other device that she's working with. And those two, the cloud buster and the resonator will work together. Well, he made another one that's based on the energy frequency of the new sun, the one that's white, not the yellow orange one that we grew up with most of us the white sun that you see now and that particular energy is um well i something happened to my eagle and it was not working correctly and i'm like okay what am i supposed to do to make it work right and i was guided to to make a slight adjustment in the positioning of it but what they wanted on top of it was that particular resonator so covering my pipes is this resonator and that allows well it's almost like putting in a control panel that is absolutely matching you know the frequency that i'm working with because all i have to like last night my phone is telling me it's not raining it's raining so loud that I could not be doing this radio program. It was just horrendous how much rain was coming down. I looked, there were no clouds. What? There's no clouds, there's no storm around. I mean, it wasn't anywhere near my location, but I began to 
think I had to consider flooding out. You know, that type of thing. And I mostly let these things happen until I get to the point of thinking about flooding out. And I was outside under the patio uh, canopy thing and watching this rain and going like, because I've got my car, i got to get off the property, you know, I mean, and I'm thinking about it. And I all of a sudden I went, uh, dummy, the eagle. <laughs> so I turned around and I just focused on that resonator. And minutes later, the storm stopped. It, it, it Can you say it's coincidence? Well, you know, in the rules of cosmic reality, there is no coincidence. It's thought in action. And one of the just, you know, the way you do it is you don't say, can you make it stop raining? You say, thank you for stopping the rain. You, you put it in a, a future already done environment because if you say, stop the rain well it might take a long time for the rain to stop you know i mean but you want to make it you know definitively in the future just instantaneously you know thank you for doing that uh just a trick of manifestation technique let's put it that way so there you go now we've talked about them now they know isn't yeah. that the star wars way of thinking is we talk about you know, they talk about use the force, use the force, right? To go with the. <clears throat> and for those of you who are Star Wars fans, if you ever heard the thing, go with the flow, right? You're connected. You've heard that. So if you if you find yourself in a position where you're looking at the eagle and you're going, man, I don't want to stop the rain permanently. I don't want it. I, what I don't want here is misintention. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to flip the wrong switch, the one that says blow the hatch. I want to flip the switch that turns on the light. I want to flip the switch that answers the problem. I'm going to work it out. So I'm going to look at the evil and I'm going to say, no, man, I get it. You want to rain? Great. Well, I want to live. That's perfect. Let's that's work perfect. it out. <laughs> that's perfect because it, 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 it is one of those things. See, when, I, <clears throat> when I'm asking for it to stop the rain, I'm actually asking for it to stop the rain that is within, you know, two miles of me. I'm very, very careful to just try to control my environment. Now, when I'm, you know, going out there and helping Yasmin or somebody else or doing some big thing, yeah, then you have to, like, think of all the ramifications of what are we doing, how are we doing, it's not like... It, it's not like something you just jump into and you whatever you think happens. No, because if you're going to do this, you you have to understand that this is real energy. You are making changes and there are rules and regulations regarding what you can do and probably how you can do it. Because with Shungite, if you're doing it for purposes that are not positive, not good, it's not going to work at all. That's Shungite's signature. Ain't gonna do no good. No, anything is bad. Ain't gonna do. So you're not gonna stumble into that. But you can stumble into things like, like we're thinking about. You know, stop the rain, and all of a sudden, all the world, the rain stops. <laughs> well, no, I didn't mean that. You know. So, but you have to take responsibility for the way that you program things. So for most manifestations, I recommend that you don't get your head into it at all. You know, and that's why the Ho'oponopono resonator is so wonderful because Ho'oponopono is a real, uh, it's a real rule of enterology. You can make things right. 
which is what it means. Uh, and the word has got a magical frequency. Again, this is enerology. Every word, every statement you make is an energy field. So when you're doing the ponopono and you're making it right, it's it's going to make it right for everything, not just what you might think you want. So I, when you started yeah. working with that, I was really pleased. Yeah, and and that's and that's usually when I work with it, I I take more of that general perspective of um, number one, it's uh, the eagle is providing balance and harmony between the earth and the sky, and number two, the bringing in the Ho'oponopono resonator is bringing in that energy of whatever needs to happen to make it right. So, so. I'm going to jump in here. If, if I can, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm still on mic, but um, both of you are talking about two different types of accountability before you even make the attention. And you asked Yasmin earlier to explain why the Reiki encounter was so important to her. And, and, and just recently in the last week, we talked about removing the whole site and, and moving the material, another story. But but she uses her, her knowledge in accounting to self-account for her work so that her intentions do not have balance. They don't have uh, side effects that affect the uh, lives of others, but they will have to question what's going on in their world or affect their free will and their choices. So at the same time, like Nancy's talking about reducing the rain, at the same time, you've probably got neighbors that haven't seen the rain they want to see it. So you're not talking about drowning them or keeping the rain from them, what you're talking about is an intent to make things work out kind of even for everybody. Um, that's where Yasmin uses her hard learned skills. That's where I use my, what I call my industrial skills, my my knowledge of engines and knowing that when I'm next to the cell tower, I'm not going to feel the same way I'm going to feel when I'm sitting in the grass at the baseball stadium. It's not going to happen. It's different frequencies are there. Yeah. I, I put it out for two miles because I know that the drainage from two miles can flood me out even if it stops raining. Right. <laughs> you know? well, and you have, a you have a different kind of atmosphere there, too, because you have the uh, those incredible red sunsets that everybody pays for, and nobody understands what the real cost of those are. So that's dust coming from sub-Sahara Africa below Morocco that floats across the Atlantic Ocean. It takes that much time, yes, to get anywhere before it hits the ground. And every time you have a rainstorm, tropical storm, hurricane, uh, rain event, uh, trade wind, where it's coming at your house from, from the direction of Africa, so from the east, it has silica in it. We don't have that here. Our rain comes from Hawaii. So we have volcanic ash, which is why we have the, the second most nutrient-rich soil on the planet is oh. in the California Delta because all of our our dust and our rain is volcanic ash. You couldn't ask for anything better. And that's, it's a difference of just where you live and, and how it is and the way the world circulates. I did not know that. <laughs> I, yeah, that's very interesting. Well, no, I know we call it, you know, we call it red dust. It's, it comes from, we had a bout with it. And it's so strange because I was here with two friends, and all of a sudden, <clears throat> my eyes started itching, and shortly after that, my nose was running. I'm going, wow, that must have been a pollen bloom or something. And 
uh, one of the guests started having, you know, symptoms too. And then I found out that, no, we were getting the dust. That it was the dust that had come in. It hit us. So it's very palatable. Uh, it's not always like that. You know, it's, it comes and it goes. And it's, you know, in the summertime is when we get those winds. But that's very interesting. So you say most of it's silica. Yeah, so, so what you have is, is leftover dust from a, <laughs> the first more most fertile farmland in the world, the Nile Delta. But from the Nile Delta to the west, to Morocco, Algiers, uh, Libya, all below those areas is where what we call Sub-Saharan Africa, which is they think there was a tilt in the geometric strength or plate there. Don't ask me to go into all of it. I'm not a geologist, folks, oddly enough. But this caused a, a very large dry area where surface winds go across and and they they literally pump like a funnel towards the equator and they bounce down towards the Caribbean and then they pop back up again and they start to hit Florida. They go across your bottom tip, head towards Galveston, Texas, or they'll come up and that's your hurricane pass through those islands. That's why you have those islands, why you have barrier islands. The problem with Florida has been eaten away for so long. And part of what you have is literally sandblasting. Every every time you get one of those red, beautiful sunsets, that dust has to go somewhere, folks. It's it's just it's it's a matter of matter having to fall. So it's it's so light, it's traveling on these winds. But as soon as these winds stop or a little bit of moisture, that right amount of humidity, it all drops. And you and you look around if you're an East Coaster in the United States, Georgia, Atlanta, any of those bottom East Coast states, you'll notice right after a little moist red rain event boom there it is um so we uh i've noticed it you know and we have a different kind of wind here so we notice it ours is more brown and it's it's more uh you say palatable is an interesting word you can you can adapt to silica but what silica doesn't have is charge uh mark maybe you can jump in here but we're talking about directing energies be they industrial or metaphysical charges difference so that's where your atmospheres are going to change even with your heights right yeah my technical um knowledge on that is is pretty limited i think you you have more um detail on that than i do um yeah did you want to keep going on that well i could you know yeah. it just depends on where we're supposed to head i you know i don't have a cue sheet here and i don't have a director so I'm, I'm hoping i'm getting it right but I think I think technically we look at that too. We look at whatever tools are around us at the time, and you know. So in, in this case, we look at look at the frequencies that are probably being pumped out about us. So if we have more silica or we have more iron in the atmosphere, obviously we're gonna have more charge. You know, if we're in Nepal and we're higher up, we're gonna have more pressure on us. We're gonna have less oxygen. We only have 21% now. We don't want more than that. We don't want less than 14.5. So. You know, it changes us, I would imagine. Well, yeah, if you, do you, are you familiar with how Florida is actually constructed? Because it, it's, it's almost... Not shovel by shovel. No. It, 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 when you hear what I'm going to say, you're going to go, that doesn't even sound right, but I know that it's true. <laughs> All right. Um, Florida, the peninsula, is really a floating coral bed. All of the over the time, all of this, these seashells from different animals, you know, came up. And for whatever reasons, the Gulf Stream, you know, being right off the coast, three miles off the coast, 
then you know you got the Gulf of Mexico for whatever reason you it built out as a floating coral bed now why I know that that happens to be true is that when I got here in the 70s there was a project that they had already started on and what they had decided to do was to make a similar thing to the Panama Canal except in northern Florida they were going to put a canal right across northern Florida and they started digging and everything when all of a sudden a whole bunch of geologists said no you can't do that because if you do that you're going to the, the floating coral bed is going to break off from the north and we're going to just start floating and I was excited I said oh we can go to Cuba neat you know and somebody said no we'll get sucked up into the Gulf Stream and end up in, in uh, you know uh, Nova Scotia <laughs> which I didn't think was a good idea. So this was in the 70s. So, you know, I tell this story every once in a while. And one day I said, oh, God, this sounds so stupid. I don't even know if it's true. And, you know, again, synchronicities. I say that, you know, one week. And then, you know, like the next week, my uh, ex-boss calls me up. He still wants me to be his notary. So I got to have some things notarized. Can I come by? Yeah, okay, come by. And while we're sitting there, he says something about, yeah, the Great Florida Canal. And I said, it existed? He said, yeah, that was really stupid. And, I, and, and, he, and he, he confirmed it. And this guy knows, like, he's one of these know-it-alls. He knows. He knows these things. So, um, yeah, that's, what's, that's what Florida is. But think of it. We live on, a, a you know, the, the limestone skeletons of the sea. I think that's yeah. why they call it the ma well Miami is called the magic city. So three three quick interjections if I can ladies and gentlemen but you're right uh, it is quite it is quite possible all of Florida is actually more of a living base than say you have in the United Kingdom where you have London for example is on top of a giant granite boulder. I mean I've been there a number of times I think you've been there. Um, you can drill down in it 100 feet build a tunnel, go lateral for miles, you won't run into anything. And if you need another tunnel, just drill down another 100 feet and go lateral for miles, you won't run into anything. And this goes on and on and on and on. And it's just the nature of it. We have those same peaks here in California, but but it's, you know, I know that they've had coral problems, coral problems on the Great Barrier Reef. You have something that's living and you add chemicals to it, that's bad. And we need some of the chemicals, so we just need to be a little bit more careful. But I'm one of the lucky ones. Everything I know about Florida, I learned from two really important things. One was called Flipper, um, <laughs> how to drive a boat in the Florida Keys, and and it's how to be cool and how to rescue people and go, eh, 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 right? And, <laughs> but what it taught you is how to take care of the environment. I mean, it was a show about taking care of the environment. Yeah, it was abusive animals, maybe, but it, well, I learned to take care of the environment. And I think it was Ronnie Lee or somebody like that. It was really cool. The second thing I learned was Disney. So Disney gets there. He says, I'm going to build in Florida. And everybody's laughing. And they told him, they said, there's no foundation here. And you're going to have to fill the dang thing up like 25 feet before you can even start building. And he goes, really? So he goes, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a giant vault. And then I'm going to build everything on top of that. And, and then everybody really laughed at him. But the garbage cans, if you didn't know this about Disney World, the garbage cans were chutes at first. 
They weren't cans. They didn't move. They were chutes, and they simply were tubes that went down about 14, 15 feet with an opening, and it went into the dumpster that was below the park. And that's how Disney World became the model of how to maneuver all of the production value of a theme park out of the view of a customer. It was one of the most brilliant accomplishments ever made in the art of entertainment when you look at it. So Florida has a lot to give us. Well, I got to tell you a story about Disney World here. This, I met this woman who had left Disney and we agreed to, to go take a trip to Disney. And I was all excited because I had somebody that had worked there for like 18 years. You know, I'd get the, you know, she'd know what to look at and blah, blah, blah. So we get there and I said, so what do we do? Where do we go? And she said, well, I don't know. And I said, what do you mean you don't know? She said, well, I've never hardly been up in the top. I've only worked in the bottom. <laughs> and that's that's when I found out what you just said, that all of it was underneath us. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so some of these people, they don't even know what the top is really because they just work underneath the, the grounds. Right, but... But so we laugh at it. But for example, there's a I, I want to say that it could be Swansea on the Irish coast. I, I could be wrong. This was maybe 2005. I was working with Severn Trent Water Systems in the United Kingdom. And they asked me if I wanted to go up and see it. And I, I couldn't make it work, but I did look at it. And so they took the entire waste treatment plant and they literally put a concrete roof over it. And then they put four soccer fields on top of it. And the reuse water from the waste treatment plant feeds the soccer fields. And everybody went, well, God, that could cost billions of dollars. Well, yeah, but there's no more UV damage on pipes. I can't tell you how much time is spent painting pipes to stop the sun from melting them. I can't, I can't describe how many millions of dollars it saves in UV protection alone. Lighting? The lighting's constant. There's always lighting. There's no cloud. There's no rain. I don't need rain gear if I work at Swansea. So if we start thinking like this and, and maybe we use the Eagles or our intentions to help us shield and maneuver and use the force to make our planet, make our planet or help our planet do things, I think we'll all be better off. Oh, I agree with you totally. Absolutely. Listen, do you guys want to take a break and uh, start up in about three more, three minutes or so? Sure. Sounds good. Okay, you're good with it. All right, so I'm just going to play the Shanghai song. Here we go. Thank you. 
And welcome back to the Radio 5G show that will be going off. Uh, well, it's not live, but it's new and recorded on the 30th. It's a Wednesday. And with me is Mark Joseph and Yasmin and Bob West. So, Mark, I'm going to turn it over to you. Where would you like to go? You've been silent. <laughs> yeah, taking notes. But <clears throat> so the main reason we have our special guest here is uh, to promote um, their new radio uh, station program uh, happening soon. So if you guys want to start off the next hour with that, uh, and then we can get into other topics. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just uh, this is something that kind of Bob Bob thought up, and um, then it just kind of morphed and developed. And um, I think the goal that we've settled on is um, it's going to be a radio station um, providing, you know, some nice rock and roll, jazz, just some quality music, and then mixed into it, um, we're going to have a variety of things. So we'll have, um, we're in the process of getting permissions from people who are out there on YouTube and other platforms um, to give people like some quick tips on like health, uh, life hacks, um, metaphysical concepts. And then we're also lining up some podcasters as well um, so that we can do maybe uh, once a day in the evenings, uh, mix in like a half hour, an hour podcast. Um, again, on uh, just helpful tools to help people and our kind of overarching theme is for it to be a place 
where people can come to for solutions to help heal themselves, their lives, improve their lives. Um, eventually, um, I have the goal of starting a nonprofit to work hand in hand with the station so that maybe people who want to get like a massage certification or yoga certification, um, things where you can't necessarily go out and get a student loan for things like that, um, we would be a resource for that as well. So, um, yeah, uh, big, big hopes, big dreams. <laughs> and I'll let Bob kind of explain a little bit more. So uh, I'll give you the version that I, I think I'm working towards, but I'm still building kind of paperwork for it, although the website is done and I'll give you all that. So let me take a breath here. Um, so my name is Robert West. Uh, people call me Bob and I was raised in a communications household. My father was a master at entertainment. He was, he was nothing short of a genius. He was a stage manager at the Monterey Jazz Festival. Um, he was a programmer and producer for KGO Television. He had two Emmys. Yeah, two Emmys. Maybe my mom was an announcer. So I, I grew up in radio. I grew up knowing how to bullshit people from an early age. I think I can say that word here. And so what I what I learned was media. And so when I went into college, I went into theater and rock and roll. And I worked for Bill Graham Presents. I worked with my dad. And I also did boating. I was very industrial. So I've done construction. Um, so I've worked my ass off. And I've gotten to that point where my life, I'm 60 years of age. And I was looking at doing an online business where I would trade podcasts and and how I would acquire those and how I trade those and then how much time I would spend putting into it. And I said, this is a complete waste of time after viewing COVID and, and getting hurt and realizing how much help I needed to get over it. And then some friends around me had some life events, uh, including a potential suicide. And I couldn't help them. And I thought, well, can I help anyone? Or why should I? And then I thought, well, if I keep helping everybody else, I'm helping myself, so we'll just see what kind of what happens. And so I kind of morphed this idea of, well, how would I take Yasmin's Reiki business that's helping people and help more people? And so I, we have been on the radio program with you, Nancy, and we live actually right next door to a very large radio producer online content. And uh, so we were looking at it and we said, well, what, what do people like? And we, we all agreed on one thing. We all like music. And we all like listening to good music. And we all like listening to good music. And we all like listening to good music. That isn't the same music. It's not annoying. And it doesn't have commercials. So let's go find that. Oh, wait. Why bother? You can't. The only way you can find it is by using your playlist, which has the same thousand songs on it that you had on it last week. It's going to have the same thousand songs that you'll have next week. I bet you. Nine out of 10 people listening to this broadcast all push forward or back more often than they listen to anything because it sucks. And you work all day long and you cannot push, you know, pause and fast forward, fast forward, fast forward all day long. You got to listen to radio. So what do you do? You listen to the same 30, 40 songs all day long. So our thought was, let's have some good music. Let's not have commercials, so we're going to make it ad-free 
kind of. So we're not going to play their commercials. And then we're going to make it donation only. And so that means that we need a cause. Well, so I can't help one person, but maybe I can help the world. So we decided that, or I decided to look into how could I program good music that I'd listen to at my job because I can only listen to the radio because I work heavy equipment. I can't push pause. I can't pick a video. I have to leave something on that four or five people want to listen to that's good, that we'll laugh at, that we'll have some fun, we'll work all day, and then might give me some life tips that will help me balance out all the BS I had to go through with COVID and politics and everything else that's going on right now because I don't need more BS. So I want to be the place that people run to, not run from. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we became Radio Bob. Um, and I learned how to uh, run all the programs to run an online radio station that took a couple months and built this website and we've attracted two nationally syndicated shows in two weeks and today we got Rich Lop. <laughs> excuse me, who will be doing tarot readings for us, um, sharing his content and interacting with his site. So. We penciled him in, which pencils our fourth major contributor in four weeks, and we launch Friday at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And the website address is? <laughs> www.radiobobusa.com. And you'll find all the information there, but we're a little bit different, Nancy. We decided to have a little fun we're going to screw with everybody. So we made it. So unless you donate, you can't complain. <laughs> unless you donate, you can't tell us to do anything. Unless you donate, you can't have access to the discounted services that we provide. But if you listen for free, you can have access to all the services we provide for anybody. We have one more thing. We'll let you live DJ. Yes, that's right. We'll take a shot and see how bad you really are. Because if you're really bad or you go bananas, we're going to cut you off. But if you're really good, we'll give you a show. And I'll pay for you to have top classical rock and roll, jazz, R&B, reggae, and pop music. Because we have everybody from Rosemary Clooney to the Foo Fighters. And the Wildcats, too. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, so we have Wildcats. Um, wildcat. Pause. A Wildcat is a person that's donating content free of charge because they're standing somewhere giving us a report. And since our logo is a Bobcat, i.e. Radio Bob the Cat, we call our roving reporters Wildcats. And they get to use our press pass and media platform as their excuse to attend events and feel better about their world. And we get free reporting content. That's about it, right? Well, we got, lot, yeah, we got a lot. I mean, it's no politics. That's, uh, that's for CNN, that's not for us. Um, we have a Grateful Dead show, it's pretty cool. Um, I think it's on Saturdays at 2 p.m. And we have a jazz show 
on Sunday with Ken Laster, and that's at 7. It might be at 7 p.m. And let's see, what else? Uh, Crossroads of Cognizance on Tuesday nights, and then uh, all sorts of music. You name it. Quiz me. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Um, let me see. So I can talk, are you good? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say I can talk for hours about that because I still need more podcasters. So we picked up an astrologer, but um, we're still looking for people to do like cooking shows, barbecue shows, anything that makes people feel better about their day, about their lives. Um, if we've got a health nut out there, somebody that does some fitness and they think that that's what it takes to make people square, send me some sound bites and, um, you know, we'll see if that fits kind of thing. It's, it's, we don't want to say no, you know, we, we want it, we want to help people. And what we've noticed is that everybody's out there saying, oh, you want, you need help. Here's a check. You need help. You got to do this. No. And one thing I've learned about people working, people will start to work only on things that they want to work on. After that, they'll work on anything. But if you don't start them out on something they don't feel good about, they won't start. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nancy? Yeah, it sounds like you're, you know, giving people a real opportunity to get into the business without knowing anything, basically. You know, well, come on over here, we'll step you through it. Right, because what is it that's going on right now that's really scary is AI. AI is an, is an incredibly scary thing to a lot of people. They don't understand that medically in the Western world of medicine, it's going to probably save millions of lives but in like the radio industry where they were doing you know your local terrestrial radio thing we don't really need djs anymore we don't really need towers anymore we don't really need buildings anymore we don't need news crews anymore so we've got ai can do a lot of it and then we've got these services that will supply us with news and content and all this other stuff so we'll just kind of float through it but it's kind of weird and it's morphing and it's 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 boring and it's annoying to have these AI commercials and these loud pumping things when we just really want to talk to each other. And one thing I've noticed when you're screaming, nobody's listening, but we wanted to bring people back. So we said, how do we how do we get rock and roll involved? Well, rock and roll, Nancy, you know how this goes this is costly. So for every person that's listening, you pay for them. And so, you know, you might pay oh, 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 two, three cents per song for every time they listen, but you still pay. And so what we said was we want to be ad free so people can play us at their business. We want to not swear any more than our content or our music. So I think the worst thing we have is Aerosmith <laughs> as as that goes. And we want to be able to let businesses play us because they're one stream where like 20 people are listening. And then to support us, we do two things. And so this was really cool. We came up with, well, how about if people just donate? And then I said, okay, but if they donate, we got to give them something. So we said, well, why don't we line up a couple of friends to give them discounts? Like on Reiki sessions or on incense or something like that. And so then people just started giving us stuff. So, but we're still looking for more vendors to add. Absolutely. So. Every day, because 
even if you're not a vendor, but you're a resource, I don't care if you're in Kansas. It doesn't matter to me, it wouldn't matter to you. If the person in Kansas can help the person in California, let's put the two of them together. And they can do all this through RadioBobUSA.com. Yeah, but they got to donate because otherwise I'm not paying attention to the email. <laughs> it's 10 oh, okay. bucks, okay? okay. 10 bucks ten a year. Bucks around <laughs> long. It's not 10 bucks a month. It's 10 bucks a year. You could oh. be a live DJ. You could be playing Van Halen and talking to maybe if you're really lucky, a couple hundred people in the next couple of months, maybe... I don't know. We just we got this tarot reader. He's followed by nine hundred thousand people. Uh, it's it's going to take some time, but he's going to mention us. You know, people are going to know. But at the same time, we're not going to bury him with content. We're not going to you know make it so that they want to turn off the radio sometimes and go wait wait wait. This is too much for my little brain to handle today. Can you just get me to work? Or how about just get me through my day for a while and I'll come back tonight and I'll listen to your stuff. <laughs> well, I wish you the best of luck here. It sounds like you got a good thing going. Well, we'll see. I mean, with the help of, of what we've had so far and, and, you know, people like you, we've, we've managed to think of a few things, but you also know what we know. It's a, uh, it's a kind of a scary dice roll, depending on how many people listen in the first, you know, a couple of weeks as opposed to how many people donate because you live off of what they call bandwidth. So if I get swallowed for a lot of bandwidth, I could crash and burn pretty quickly and not help a soul. But so far we've uh, we've gotten one wildcat and we've gotten a, a bunch of contributors and we'd like to get a bunch more contributors and we'd like to interact with more people and get their links up and help them. And and I don't really care how. Just uh, no politics, you know? Let's leave that to CNN. Let's keep the sex discussion. Uh, see, see, without, see, without limitation, I can't offer you anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, jo my job is to look at reality, try to figure out what's interesting about it that might you know, in one way or another, make you fearful that I want to stop or, you know, teach you something that you need to learn. So um, Mark, Mark will think this is pretty funny, but Yasmin and I were talking about that yesterday. I'm like going, you know, I really like Nancy. I really appreciate her. And I know she doesn't understand me fully, but I'd really like to work her in somehow because she's a valuable resource and, and a pretty nice and cool person. And she's going, yeah, but she talks a lot of politics sometimes, and you're not with that. And I go, yeah, I get that. But maybe we could interview her and then just really kind of heavily edit it. <laughs> Look, at if people don't want to talk politics, I can guarantee. Okay, you bring up any subject under the sun. And I, <laughs> you don't want politics, I don't talk about it. But you're, you know, my audience is an audience that wants to not just be entertained. Oh, yeah, no, I get it. I, I totally get it. Entertaining. You yeah. know, um, I think the idea of giving people uh, the, the ability to just turn something on, you know, and just let it go all day, and that you intersperse it with these little tidbits of, you know, maybe you guys want to know this. I think that's incredibly important because most people don't know what they don't know. 
Right. Yeah. I think I think you're absolutely correct. And we can we we can run and and we can experiment on the need to dwell deeper on the political items that we don't understand. I mean, if I had to say one thing to every person in the universe that I could say every day was vote. I wouldn't say who to vote for. I wouldn't say when to vote, but I'd say get interested. Go find out why you should and where you should. Because if you don't and you sit anywhere and complain, you haven't exercised your opinion. Now, am I wrong? I could be. But I think 44, 45% of people would would listen enough to go, well, at least he's not telling me who to vote for. He's just saying I should get involved. Um, other people are very they're much better at it doing that whole delivery to ask you to vote much differently than I just did. And I know that there's there's tons of people that I work with every day, every day, and they're just sick of dealing with radios. They wanna just hear music. They don't wanna have to change the stations because at 10 o'clock so-and-so comes on and the DJ's a little bit harsher than the last guy and their boss will get mad that they're listening to that particular station at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. What they'd rather do is just hear music all day. So they put on Pandora, they're tired of it. Put on Spotify, they're tired of it. I'm trying to give an alternative to what I know right now are about 18 businesses, including some, a lot of people, thank you very much um, for playing along, and, and give them an alternative that they can play. And in turn, they'll go back in the evening and then they'll start to link out and hopefully get to your link too and decide you know, we weren't just assaulted by a bunch of stuff, but it is kind of interesting when that space guy was talking or the crossroads of cognizance people were talking, or I have been trying to get a guy known as Tom Likas to give me his material. He's a, he hasn't been on the radio in 30 years here. He's rather difficult and everybody thought he was abusive, but he was an incredibly smart man. Um, so I'd want to run him like once a month, you know, that kind of stuff. want to have some fun too. Well, Sounds like a good project. And congratulations, you got something to do. I mean, you'll be busy. Yeah. He's got something he's passionate about, and that's yeah. the important thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Mark, something else you wanted to bring up? Um, just give us the radio station again, and if you're in any social media uh, <clears throat> promoting the station. You bet. So um, right now we'll operate from 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Monday through Friday, and then um, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Saturday and Sunday. Um, these are automated uh, music broadcasts for the first month, so it's, it's our beta test. It's, it's called Radio Bob on radio.co. The easiest way to get to it is radiobobusa.com and then you push the listen link and then while you're there you'd find out about our friends, uh, people who are supporting us, our shows, uh, the music we'll play. Uh, we'll play. Uh, we have a Facebook page which is Radio Bob USA on Facebook. I think we have eight likes. Uh, we have a bunch of people who found me on Facebook. Uh, my, I'm Robert West. My page is wide open, um, meaning that anybody can post. It gets rather like the Wild West on my page. Yes, means like, who are these girls emailing you? I'm like, I have no idea who they are. <laughs> I don't normally do Facebook, but uh, I have hundreds of friends that I didn't have 10 days ago, and they go from everywhere from the Netherlands to 
a couple of musical artists that we feature on our station are friends of mine now. Um, we're trying to get a hold of uh, podcasters all the time, which is cool. So it's uh, Radio Bob on Facebook, and then www.radiobobusa.com is our regular kind of situation for right now, anyway. Yep. Uh, we are geo-protected. So if you're in a foreign country, you're not in the USA, but you happen to be uh, in the Netherlands right now listening to Nancy's show, um, you will not reach us at the moment because uh, we haven't learned your royalty laws yet. We don't want to break those. And, and Nancy, we're really big on this part. Uh, all of our music is uh, royalty covered through uh, sound exchange. So we have a license to broadcast commercial music in the United States. Uh, it's it's kind of harsh, <laughs> but it's kind of fun. So we can get away with some stuff. And we actually have stuff that's free. Uh, Rick, Rick Astley. Jane's getting serious. It's an old uh, classical rock song. And when we play that, he stuck his finger up against the streaming services and said, you want to play that online? You play for free. So that one we love playing. <laughs> Great. Uh, Nancy? Well, I, I was just going to say you might want to try to contact Oliver Anthony because he's the guy that is got the song Richmond North of uh, Richmond Richmond North of Richmond and a whole series of others right now he's one in one to seven I think on the billboard chart and he turned down every producer he produced the first song by himself put it out there on YouTube and boom he was an instantaneous hit and they came to him oh we got eight eight million dollars he turned down and you know he's like no no i, I i'm not gonna play your game and uh you know he's just so he's he's definitely somebody that might want to give it to you for free and he's like number one in the world in yeah. the world i'd actually like to correct my statement it wasn't rick ashley uh rick ashley was the other guy john astley uh, Everyone Loves the Pilot Except the Crew is the name of the LP, and the famous song on there was Jane's Getting Serious, which is why it's only available on vinyl and CD. It's not available on digital download. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was a giant FU. You know, the, the Grateful Dead did that um, when they first started touring back, uh, I was probably six, seven. Uh, they started noticing people with handheld tape recorders, holding them up at the shows. And Bobby Weir brought it to the attention of the other members of the dead and said, uh, hey, this is a problem, man. They're recording all our music. And Jerry Garcia said, it's a problem. And that started uh, this huge following of individuals joining and following the Grateful Dead was just to record the shows, which is why there's more bootleg dead live shows out there than any other album in the universe and the dead never made a dime off of any of them well not not directly maybe right they paid like yasmin just said but people paid to go to the shows yeah absolutely right they not only went to the shows when it came to their town but they went to every show every year <laughs> they didn't yeah. do anything else <laughs> yeah yeah they even went to shows that were the last show that was the last show that was the last show. I went. Oh, to I went to yeah, I went to two last shows and I worked two <laughs> last shows as well. <laughs> no, I uh, 
Yeah, yeah, well, anyway. So, um, okay, Mark, th and thank you for doing this for the world. You know. Yeah, I'm really hoping it it really kind of pans out because it's it's so much fun. I'm talking to influencers all over the planet, and they're telling me how they get. This is the part I really like. Um, they tell me how they get balanced. How they get by going to the supermarket and seeing 17% inflation. How they get by and looking at the gas tank and they're paying uh, 40 more euros a liter. And we go, oh, you're only paying 40 more euros. No, it's a liter. So it's like us paying $1.75 more a gallon. Um, people need to cope and they, and they don't cope like they used to because we stopped talking to each other during COVID. Um, so maybe we don't face everybody now, but we're going to have to face them again sooner or later. We're going to have to get outside. So might as well listen to the radio and not look at the TV, but listen to the radio and go outside. Yeah. Um, Yasmin, did you want to get into your other topics that uh, we talked about? Um. Sure. So... Um maybe just talk a little bit about um, that book that I guess you have a copy of it as well, The uh, Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. And um, it's kind of um, goes into some stuff that I think works well with what we were talking about and, um, you know, just kind of keeping mindful of our frequencies and um, he has this thing in the book where um, he calls it a map of consciousness and he maps out the frequency sta uh, scale of certain emotions. And, you know, he, I can go through the scale, but basically he's explaining how um, all, all the levels of emotions uh, provide a frequency um, that is over 200 are constructive levels that kind of move you into that power um, frequency within yourself where you're able to go through the world from a powerful perspective as opposed to um, trying to force things to work and you know within consciousness and the manifestation realm um, that's a very important distinction because uh, when we're trying to force, we're, we're not working our manifestations very well. So, and then he also goes into uh, the levels that are below the 200 mark are destructive to life in both individual, the individuals and society as a large. So just kind of looking at the state of the world, I, I really think, and we can just kind of bounce back and forth about it. Um, this is really important because um, he's, you know, on the, if you look at the scale, things like fear are at 100, um, grief is 75, apathy is 50, and guilt is at 30. And these are all emotions that we're being encouraged to um, to just bring within us, and um, 
we're constantly being put in situations where um, it's pretty obvious uh, they want us to be fearful or they want us to grieve or be in apathy or um, I know after going through the Paradise Fire, people's homes that didn't burn, they felt a deep sense of guilt because their home survived and there were so many people around them who had lost everything. And, you know, that is a very low vibrational frequency being at 30. I mean, it's practically towards the bottom. And so, you know, moving more up the vibrational scale, you know, kind of when you get to courage, you're at 200 and that's that, um, that balance point where you can go either way and up from there you go to neutrality, willingness, um, acceptance, reason, love, joy, peace, and enlightenment at the top. So, you know, we're never going to be um, in one particular frequency 100% of the time, but it's just something to be mindful that, yeah, when things are harsh in our lives, um, it, you know, we might have a moment where, you know, we're not doing so good, but just trying to get past that and, you know, if you have to just, you know, see the silver lining of a situation just so that you can shift your emotion into a higher frequency so that you're not lingering in those lower frequencies that are not helpful to you personally and not helpful to the planet. The more people that are feeling low. So I don't know if you guys wanted to talk about that. I don't know. I know, Mark, you read some of the books. So if you had anything to add. Um, I mean, people are familiar with the words power and force in this uh, The Dark Knight 2008 movie. Uh, Joker saying this is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. So in terms of consciousness technology um, and how, like we're talking about manifestation in the last hour, how do we uh, collate and structure that process? So it isn't about efforting. It's about alignment and being that power and that presence. And so the foundation of that is obviously your own personal frequency structure, life force, which is bio bioelectricity, the biofield, which Shanghai does enhance and does alter the spin of 5G. So, um, and like we were talking uh, pre-show is, is intention, right? And having that clarity and not getting in, in your own way. So, and then of course the other part of letting go too. So there is a, um, a structure to it. Uh, hidden laws of nature. So um, I don't know if you guys want to uh, dig into that. Yeah, well, the Shungite, you know, it's an example of, um, you know, it's a physical object, but it definitely helps promote those higher frequencies um, through, um, you know, the spin that helps with our physical s structures. So I don't know if Nancy, you had something to say about that. 
Well, not really, because it, everything that we do comes down to the concept of it's all energy. And if you begin to understand that you are an energy body living in an energy body, a 3D is an energy body. It's not like, you know, it's in the physical dimensions, but it's still an energy body. And there are so many techniques. We've talked about techniques that work so fast. Um, I personally think that, that it's more important to trust your own inner guidance. Um, When I first started out, there were nowhere near as many options available as there are now for making changes in your life. But there were some, you know, the ones that were there are still there and they were good ones, but they always lacked something. Every one of them, you know, they, they, oh, this is interesting, you know, but then something would, you know, this isn't, no, it's not the whole thing. And it was only when I began to trust my inner guidance. In other words, I'm not going to pull out a a pendulum and do a dowsing. I'm going to trust my gut. I'm going to trust my own electromagnetic field to be able to give me information. And approaching life like that, I still look at the others because, you know, there are so many different modalities that will... Like, I got really excited about the tapping, the emotional freedom techniques, because it was working with the meridian system, of which I knew quite a bit, but nobody else seemed to even talk about. You know, they didn't, like, they didn't exist, you know, it was the, the Nadius system, and, and nobody ever talked about the meridians, but because of my early research with Dr. Gerber in vibrational medicine, and to this day, uh, if, if, if you want to really get a grasp on all of this, Dr. Gerber wrote that book. I think it might have been in the late 70s, maybe, maybe at least by the 80s. And it's, it's still in print, or it was the last time I checked. And it's been, you know, reprinted an unbelievably number of times. And it's like a textbook on enterology. Those basics that he found were already available to him. He's a medical doctor. But he got interested in energy as a healing. And so he looked, he went at it as a researcher, as a doctor, trying to find out, okay, this is, sounds a little woo-woo, but what's it based on? And he was, uh, to me, this is the number one primer in enterology is that book, Vibrational Medicine, Dr. Gerber. It, it, it's that, give, give, it gives you the the... Uh, it's like when you understand that, you can feel the connectedness we have to everything. But so, to really get to the point of it, you have to be able to to trust the information that you're getting in your own head, you know, in your gut. So, and, so go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to I wanted to ask you if you do you remember the old Magnum TV show? Oh, Magnum, sure. Yeah. Sure, where Magnum would say, oh, his little voice. Now, we all know that that's a TV show and they wrote that in, but it's so true. What you're talking about is that little voice because ask anyone who's ever ridden a motorcycle how many times when they didn't have glasses or a shield or goggles that they're riding stupidly with like eyes wide open that their eyelid closed a split second before a bug hit it. Now, there's no way they saw that. 
and yet their inner voice connectivity with the universe, whatever it may be, traveling at 40 miles an hour towards a bug going four miles the hour other way, told an eyelid on your left eyeball on a motorcycle balancing wherever it was in the turn to close for a split second so that you wouldn't take the bug in the eye. Well, putting it off of a uh, off of technology and taking it back to the beginning, you know, think about the think about the early humans. How I mean, it, it had to be. Yes, there was probably plentiful stuff around them, but it was so in your face in nature. You know, they 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 talked to nature. They understood it. It's what keep them keep kept them alive. The same instincts that you're talking about about the eye reaction. Well, that was learned by our you know first ancestors. They're in the in the woods, in the valleys, in the deserts. How the hell did they live in the deserts? You know, but they were able to do it because they it was a mystical world. From our standpoint. And we get reason it's mystical to us is because they lie about what was really happening, and they tell us stories. Oh, that you know that like like the best one is Troy. Troy was a mythical you know story until they found it, and that's not the only city. But everything is is mythic, you know. You know, no, it's just a tale. They made it up. What in the hell is the matter with these people? Do they think that our ancestors were stupid? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we get we don't have any lives. We don't have anything well, interesting in our life. We just make up these stories to pass on to our kids. Oh, come on. <laughs> so there's this there's this old joke in auto racing. Where the guy said, hey, how fast do you think the first car went? And the second guy goes, I don't know, probably two or three miles an hour. You know, yeah, cool. And he goes, when do you think the first auto race was? And the second guy goes, I don't know, about four seconds after they built the second car. Right? You have what we call the nat- the natural progression of technology. You gave two people who have egos an equally identifiable piece of equipment that goes really fast compared to what they're used to doing. Of course, they're going to race each other. <laughs> I mean, this is gonna—it's gonna happen, <laughs> right? And so, you gave somebody a way to blow something up. So this is China, what in the 100s, year 100 or whatever it was, playing with fireworks. And there was probably standing there, and, so, and he said, "Someday they're gonna put enough of those fireworks in a rocket, and they're gonna shoot at that big old white thing up there." And everybody else went, "Yeah, what a loser!" Well, we did. It just took us a couple thousand years to get there. But that thing with the eyeball and the, the motorcycle, we've been working on that for hundreds of thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, because they had to live with the bugs. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's like you just kind of sometimes li- learn to live with the bugs. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I live with bugs, but maybe a couple. <laughs> I live in South Florida. Yeah, you probably get some mosquitoes, huh? <laughs> Actually, th- this is kind of bothersome because, um, no, not really right now. Huh. 
And you know, right. that, that is bothersome. Very bothersome. Because they came in here with the uh, gates uh, getting rid of the mosquito thing, the genetic engineering stuff. Oh. Those, those little bastards were, they were really tiny. Do you have they, the frogs? Huh? Do you have frogs? Well, I'm not sure because it's very strange. You don't, I used, well, first off, I, <clears throat> I live in a nature haven, but I never leave the house. I'm not the best person to talk to. I'll say, I haven't seen a frog in a long time to my neighbor. She says, it's because you don't come outside. <laughs> okay, so the frogs are the, the frogs are what, what the uh, endocrine, I hope I got this right, folks. If I don't look it up, um, endocrine biologists will tell you that the membrane on the outside of the frog absorbs more chemicals at its touch than any other skin membrane known to the planet. So if you have frogs and frogs are running around and they're always running around, but you have to have lots of water for frogs, folks, and it can't be really, really, really freaking hot. They don't like it, but Florida, they should be getting along because you're humidity, Alabama, Georgia, so on. Um, as long as you have frogs, you're always okay. That's what you have to, if you have the environment for them. If you don't, have frogs, but you did the year before, you should always ask yourself, why is that? Is there not enough water across the street to have them? Or is there something else going on? Because the, pro the problem here is that you don't see them. I mean, you don't. Yeah. All right. When it floods out, all you hear thousands of. That's good. <laughs> OK, but I haven't had a flood to check that. And trust me, I that I do keep an eye on that. You know, if it gets enough water down that they should be talking to me, do they talk? Um, but, you know, again, it, these are these are problems that I I can acknowledge. Um, I, but I also believe that they're problems that we can get over, that we can fix. Oh, None yeah. of the things that we talk about are not are unfixable. Is the, the universe and nature and Gaia herself is just too magical. And okay, so so she's unfixable, but you can prepare the the people coming after you to learn to live with it. So so our times here is limited, and, we, and if we're lucky, we get to meet a certain people along the way. And and then if we're if we're not, we just don't, and that's just the way it is. If we believe that, but if we also believe that our works are here for a reason. If the only other reason we have to be here is to help someone slightly younger than us and that's interested, these are very two important words to channel their way through the bullshit that we've noticed. And it makes it one split second earlier, easier, um, or gives them the momentary thought so they don't do something so stupid as to accidentally blow up the universe while we're not looking. Uh, then we've done our job. Well, if I fail at my job, there is no generation coming. That's my opinion. I agree. But, you know, this but, is, but see, I, I've been telling people this. I said, look, at my age gives me an expertise that's hard to beat. <laughs> okay. I have learned a tremendous amount of really, really nasty crap. And if I've gone through all this and know a lot more about stuff than most people should ever know but probably have to know 
And I still think that we can turn it all around virtually by changing the way we think. Then, you know, maybe there's some hope out there. And I absolutely firmly believe that. So even though we talk about the scary stuff and stuff, we're telling you so that you will wake up that this is a very, very critical point in time that we're in. You know, we human beings have actually not even just human beings, but the human species throughout, you know, the universe and all our brothers and sisters in the community that's out there. Other other worlds have come up against the same situation and lost. We have continually over millennium gotten almost there and lost. This is the, the first time in the annals of memory that we've gotten to the point of winning. So when, you know, people say, well, God always wins. Yeah, but sometimes it takes a hell of a lot of of loss before you get there. But we're there. It's just a matter of enough people going, oh, why are they afraid of us? Why do they want to get rid of us? Because we are the creation of a source of love energy that allows us to be able to be like representatives of that God force. You know, the, the, the dark side, they want to tell you that they're God. No, they're trying to convince us we are not God. We are representatives of the God force. Now, do you, does everybody have that when they're born? Yes, but a lot of people just walk away from it and they don't understand it. And it's those of us that understand it in a very, so many of my friends, you know, they'll say, oh, you go out and you talk all this stuff to people and you make them change their minds and do things. I said, yeah, but the important thing is you, because you sit here as, as as a human being who just is a very loving human being that doesn't like the drama that is joyful even in the worst of situations. You're the ones that are anchoring energy into this planet that is allowing us to make this amazing, you know, transition. Yeah, and those people that are able to anchor in that joy and happiness, that energy frequency is um, more than compensates for, you know, double, triple of the people at the lower frequencies. So. You know, it, it's critical for those of us who understand these concepts to exercise them. So I, I could be a little bit off base here. I'm not sure how much time I have. But so I always feel that my primary duty is to offer. So that doesn't mean that I'll necessarily walk up to somebody and say, do you need five bucks? No. What I'm saying is, is that you should be willing to offer. So an example of this was I went flying when I was about 22 years of age with the Air Medvac group at Mather Air Force Base. It was a incredible honor. I got to go as a photographic observer. I got to go on about six flights. I got to uh, ride quite a number of distances, including under a bridge, which apparently you shouldn't do. And I got to take the jungle penetrator, which is something that was pretty cool. And they were in 28 year old ships um but when i you know when i first got to the base i mean yeah i've been around military stuff before but uh, everything i knew was from the movies those things crash 
Uh, those blades took Vic Morrow's heads off. I mean, you know, you could die getting in one of those things. Why would I want to do this? And so the first thing the guy tells me is, you don't go anywhere near that until I tell you you're ready. And I went, okay, when will that be? And he goes, oh, sometime next week. And I go, what do you mean sometime next week? And he goes, well, you're going to be here for five days. And I went, what are you talking about? Because I, I thought my dad said we were only going to be there for a couple of days. And he goes, no, 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 he's in ground school. So, you know, first day of ground school, introduction to area. Second day of ground school, introduction to personnel. Third day of ground school, introduction to support equipment. Fourth day of ground school, introduction to aircraft. Fifth day of the ground school, introduction to operation of aircraft. Sixth day of ground school, you get to go near aircraft. Seventh day of ground school, you get to fly. Well, there's a reason for that. So I, I think your toolbox, Nancy, Mark, um, anybody else that's listening, um, is an offer to other people to make it so they can fly. Yeah, we're just here to, you know, be like a, well, first off, there's so many people out there that don't have these conversations. And and so they come here to listen to conversations. And you said you you should always be ready to, you know, really the only way the 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 best way to be ready is always be ready to be just be yourself to interact with people in a real way not the superficial way but just be ready to say this person is somebody that i need to talk to maybe they need to talk to me and to look at every stranger not as a stranger but as a being who is trying to do the same thing you you are which is to have a joyful life. And if we just start to look at people that we meet in a different way, not as, you know, the clerk at the grocery store, but a real person and somebody that even if you don't have anything meaningful that is, you know, shared, your energies are sharing. And sometimes that's all it is. You know, so you're going through the grocery store and think of yourself as this pillar of stability that you're grounded. You're like a you're like a walking a storm buster, you know, that you're a cloud buster, that you're grounded to, to, to Mother Earth, but you're also linked to your higher self and you're bringing in this energy that you can just share because it's it's not going to run out share with everybody that you just even happen to walk by instead of getting you know a little bit peeved at the person who seems to be you know out to lunch and they've got their grocery chart cart in front of you you know wham them with a you know you need <laughs> up here <laughs> you know i love you but you need to wake up you know and go through life playing energy things you know, you get, you see, you see uh, the, the inter, the light at the, you know, coming up on you and you say, okay, I'm going to make that a safe place because you know, those are where the accidents are. Anyway, we're running out of time. I just looked at the clock. Um, yeah, we've been going. So, yeah, we have. So I thank you so very much for being here. Would you like to say adios to the people out there that will be listening to this? Sure. Uh, thank you, everyone. Um, hope you have a wonderful day and enjoyed the show. Uh, we enjoyed being here and diving into some deep conversations. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. 
Appreciate you. And you guys, good luck with the, with this project. It sounds awesome. Mark? Yeah, thanks, everybody. What was the website again, guys? Uh, www.radio, R-A-D-I-O, Bob, B-O-B, U-S-A, dot com. Thank you. You've been listening to Radio 5G, a production of CosmicReality.com. Thank you for listening.